In this universe, we look at a lot of things like failure is not such a bad thing. If you're not failing, you maybe you're not trying hard enough. Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your host, Andy. I'm a banshee that lives in a swamp, and my name's Evan. And I'm the one true zero. And I'm Ronnie. Oh, that You're, was that was self-deprecating. Yeah. You're not a zero. You're wonderful. No, but I'm certainly not the one true hero. I don't know. You could be. Maybe to somebody you are. Maybe yeah. in season two. Which is totally going to happen because we, through we, our podcasting, are going to bring this show back. We've sparked a revolution. That will burn the First Order to the ground. Did I make yeah. a Star Wars thing Wait, without did. realizing that I made a Star Wars thing? Yeah, and we just watched well, uh, that's The Last th- Jedi last gotcha, night. Gotcha. I mean, gotcha. Spark the Revolution is also just a thing that people say. Yeah, but it's also something Poe says, and I love okay, Poe. Okay, okay. He's a good, good space boy. Yeah, Poe's a good boy. boy. Good space boy. Anyway, on Ending Pending, we are a podcast that discusses television shows that have only lasted for a single season. Currently, we are about to end our series on The Quest, covering episodes 9 and 10. Yep. But yep. before we get into that, we're going to talk about gay stuff because it's Pride Month. Woo, gay Yay. stuff. Yeah. Um, does anyone have any gay things they want to talk about? I got something. Okay. Where are the gay elves? Where are they? Dragon Age, I think, and that's it. Yeah, that's it. Just Dragon Age. Um, creators of popular fantasy media, give me gay elves. That's all I want. Are there gay beings of other races? I mean, like, are there gay dw- like like is there a reason that you're focusing on gay elves and not like gay dwarves or like gay bugbears or something? Well, I would like all of those things to be gay too. Gotcha. But, um, okay. Yeah, just uh, as a touchstone species, bring me gay elves. I mean, they're also the most effeminate of the fantasy species. I think so. They would be the obvious choice. I can say that it's not a stereotype because I'm gay, but. Fantasy creatures in general. There's all this room in fantasy for for shit to be gay, because you're making up your own made up world. There don't have to be prejudices or anything like that. Be free. Let the gays run free in the meadows. Yeah, sure. All right, that's all I have to say. Um, gay stuff that I've been into lately is gay Star Wars stuff. Uh, I just finished Last Shot. It's a book about uh, Han and Lando and their totally hetero friendship. But uh, there is a non-binary character named Taka who uh, is very into Star Wars, like, death metal. And they impersonate Han Solo to be able to charge more on their smuggling jobs. And Lando finds it hilarious and hires Taka uh, to basically annoy Han. It's fantastic. Talk about Sinjir. And I was getting there. Okay. Uh, also in last shot, Sinjir and his uh, fiance got married. So they're married now. They're, they're husband and husband. And I love them both very much. And uh, Sinjir should be in more shit because Sinjir is the best Star Wars character of all time. Fight us. Yeah, I'll fight you over Sinjir. Come at me or Andy or both of us. Both of us, yeah. Um... Yeah, also, Star Wars Celebration is not gay, because Evan and I are going. Yay. So the entire Star Wars Celebration in Chicago is gay now. Yeah, we've infected it. We've decided. So yeah, gay Star Wars stuff is happening. 
I'm glad that there's good stuff in Star Wars because, like, outside of that, like, fans are fans. Yeah, of Star yeah Wars. they can be real bad. shitty. I don't, don't want to focus on too many negatives now during our Pride celebration. There is a contingent but... of Star Wars fans who are giant assholes, and uh, it's been really great to see uh, the fan community as a whole come out and like finally vocally disown them like they were some people on their shit they were pretty quiet during the Mm -hmm. when this happened to daisy ridley they were pretty quiet when this shit was happening to john boyega but it seems like uh they're finally stepping up and calling people on their shit with what happened with kelly marie tran who is amazing and I, i i love her and she's so positive and great and rose is a great character too so like i don't know what their fucking deal is Ronnie, do you have any gay stuff you want to talk about for Pride Month? Um, a lot of the, the artists that I've been listening to right now are uh, are, are queer women. Um, a lot of Janelle Monet and Haley Kiyoko. Is that her name? I can never pronounce her name right. I don't know. I don't know. I've just like, I was like a real emo rock dashboard confessional kid growing up. And like, that stuff still holds a place in my heart. But I realized that like, whiny straight white dudes is not really like the voices that I keep wanting to surround myself with. And, mm. I, and I want to expand that a little bit. And I, I've loved the the new album from Janelle Monet and Haley Kyoko's music's been really cool. Uh, my entire Twitter feed is, is super gay right now. Um, you just stop talking when it's inappropriate for a, for a straight white dude to be <laughs> talk about all how, how, how like super pro gay he is. No, you're good. We invited you to talk about, the I gays. know, I know. And I'm very uncomfortable. <laughs> I feel like I'm being super offensive. No, you're doing great, Ronald. Cool. You got yeah. your token straight friend. <laughs> I like I like queer creators. They they do the best work. Like Kate Leth uh, in the comics field, Gabby Dunn in video, um, Roderick Greer, the Reverend Roderick Greer when it comes to, to faith. Um, just awesome, awesome work that I, I strive to be as good at. And of course, my favorite creators who are queer Andy and Evan. Yay. Yay. We're creators. We are. We are content creators. Are Look creators. at this content we're you creating are. right now. Yeah, let's create the content. You're hosts and not hosts of podcasts. Yeah, we gotta yeah. talk about the <laughs> we gotta talk about the show that we came here to talk about. Let's talk about it. All right. Let's talk about Evan, it. Evan, what happens in episodes nine and ten? Oh, by the way, uh like we're gonna talk about this in depth. So if you haven't finished the quest yet, like we're gonna spoil all that shit. So go watch it. It's free. Yeah, go, go stream it. It's free on the internet. Yeah. You. Yep. All right. So, episode nine, escape from Rana Village. There's only four paladins left. That's it, and they're on the run. As you will remember from last time, Verlux has taken over the castle. So they're with uh, Queen Ralia and Sir Ansgar and Creo, and they're roughing it. They're making their way through the countryside. They're 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 getting by in tents, and they get captured by these fishmen called the Rana. And they get brought to the the leader of the fishmen, and the paladins have to like attest their virtues to him to try to convince him to let them go, because they're like, you don't understand. We're gonna save the the world, and you live in the world, so you need us. But then a hooded figure creeps up and is whispering to the fish king, and dun dun dun, it's the vizier, and the vizier, I guess, convinces them that. The fish people should lock up the paladins and and the queen and Ansgar and Creo. The the vizier's revealed to be a traitor, and they all get locked in cages, and they think all is lost. 
and then they realize that, like, this is a challenge that the fates have set them, so they have to, like, do all these things with these ropes to get out of the cages. So Andrew, Andrew mm-hmm. got out of the cage first, and since there's only four left, everybody else had to go to the fates. And uh, the fates challenge was this bog obstacle course where they had to bring these offerings on a plate to a banshee who lived in the bog, and they had to, like, run over these barrels and pieces of wood and unstable surfaces and um shondo was successful and he got pawed in the face by a banshee and it was real creepy but um so creepy super creepy when jim talked about like the scariest monsters on this mm-hmm. show he mentioned the mm-hmm. banshee and it's like yup, yep yup 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 ah uh, so anyway uh shondo won that one and uh, it was between then Lena and Patrick, and there was a tie because there's only uh, Shondo and Andrew deciding. So Andrew got to be the tiebreaker because he had won the challenge, and um, he stuck with Lena. So Patrick got sent home, which was like we've gotten to know them all for so long at this point that like it would have been tragic no matter who went home, but it was sad to see Patrick go home. So then episode 10 is the finale episode entitled One True Hero, and the remaining three paladins have this long, complex obstacle course to go through with, like, four stages. It starts off, they have to hack through these vines that have a map in them, and they have to get the map out and then go to this next stage and uh, thread a chain through all these loops in a door in a certain pattern, and... Then they have to shoot an arrow into a target to lower a bridge. And uh, whoever gets, like, left behind at each stage, like, whoever's the last one in each stage gets banished. So um, Shondo got banished first because he fell behind at the the chain stringing part. Uh, Then it was... Lena was far out ahead, but she was having a hard time with the arrow thing. Like, she was getting so close and didn't quite get it. And so for a second there, it was, like, neck and neck between Lena and Andrew. But Lena finally hit the target dead in the center, and Andrew, like, instantly evaporated. And then uh, Lena got to go to the Fates and assemble the Sun Spear. And then all the other paladins appeared in the Hall of Fates, and they all, like, went off together to fight this final battle at the castle and they had all these extras and they had like real swords and they were like whacking these poor extras with them it was awesome it looked so cool lena defeated verlux with the sun spear and she saved everybody and then there was a parade at the end it was real cool yeah it was pretty great oh and then the post credit scene was the vizier in his cell and you see someone untying him and then he like turns to the to the camera and what does took a, you so long? Does an evil face? Yeah, so they were setting up their plot there, which is for season two. Yeah, which is coming yeah. someday. Someday. Yeah, it's, it'll be here, and we're ready to take on some kind yep. of a role with that show. Call us up. We're all pretty much available. Yep. Yeah, for sure. You hear that, sure. Quest people? Uh, we're we're uh, ready, willing, and able. None of us like our jobs that much. Uh, Andy. Hey, Ronnie. Got a question for you. I got an answer. These two episodes of the quest, did it work? As Shonda would say, uh, these episodes get the W. Uh, yeah, these these worked. 
Love that. When the Love lights that. were on brightest, the quest uh, the quest performed. Evan. Yes, Ronnie. These two episodes, did they work? Yeah, they totally did. Real intense. Loved it. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. Did uh, did these two these two episodes of the quest did they work for you? Yeah, they did. This is these. I was enraptured. These episodes were so good. What I a was, good good show, guys! It's a good show. We picked a winner. Yeah, we did. Well done, uh, Evan. Um, but not not every show is perfect, as we know, as we have tried to find the the faults in in every show, especially this one. Um, Andy. Yeah. What about uh? What about these two episodes? Just didn't work for you. I only have two really tiny complaints because I actually I loved all of these challenges. I thought they were great. Uh, so only, and I thought all the acting was really good too. These two episodes. Mm-hmm. So my only two complaints are, um, there's some some weird editing stuff going on where like Ansgar is captured and then he isn't and the queen and Creo are not captured and then they are um and it was uh I think I think someone cut a scene somewhere or something and then my other complaint is when Lena finally has her showdown with Verlox uh Verlox doesn't really get any hits in which I think it would have been a bit more dramatic if he fought back a bit harder. And uh, also, she at times holds the spear kind of like above her head, like that plastic army man who was holding his rifle up <laughs> and like to not get it wet. And like no one ever played with that plastic army man because he looks ridiculous. Yeah, you can't and, shoot with that one. Uh, don't want to say Lena looks ridiculous because she looked quite badass the rest of the time she had the spear. Um, but I feel like they were kind of telling her maybe to like hold it above her. It just looked silly. Uh, whenever she held it above her head, it looked real silly. Mm-hmm. I was thinking the opposite. I was thinking, oh, nobody told her how you're supposed to hold a spear and she was just doing her best. Doing her best. I don't know. It looks like a big weapon. Like, yeah, she, it's, she's... It's, it's definitely unwieldy. It's, yeah. it's cl- the the pole, because it's made of so many different metal and wood bits, is clearly very heavy as well. Yeah. So I'm sure that it was, like, making her arms tired having but to carry it through that tunnel. I think, like, 80% of the time she's holding it, she looks dope as hell. And then there's a couple couple shots where she's, like, doing this this head thing, and it it just looked like that plastic army man that no one played with. Anyway, those are my only two complaints. The rest of it was super great. Hey Ronnie. Hey yeah. Any anything not work for you as as good as it could have? Not, not a lot. Um, one of the things when Patrick was up for banishment, it was the you know after the the cage challenge, and there were just the four of them there. Everyone, maybe not everyone. Patrick got kind of shitty to Lena. Mm-hmm. Um, like it was very much like, you know. Patrick, who's been this, like, oh, keeping Bonnie here the whole time, like, this great, like, oh, the, the girls who are here can can contribute, contribute a lot, too, um, got very, like, well, if they pick Lena, then 
we know that they're just picking the weaker link and they don't want a real challenge in me. And, and he kind of saves at the end by like saying, or maybe she is the one true hero and they're doing the right thing. But like, it could be some bad editing, but it was just very like diminishing Lena's greatness. Which... I kind of, I kind of mentioned that to Evan too of like, uh, cause Lena said like, Oh, Andrew only saved me because he thinks I'm the weak link. And I was like, Whoa, Lena, like, right. That's a little shitty to assume of Andrew. Sure. And Evan was like, well, maybe they cut it. Both Patrick and Lena seem to have independently come to the conclusion that Andrew picked Lena because he thought he could beat her. And that seems a little bit of an odd thing to assume out of the blue. So it's possible that Andrew said or implied something to that effect and they just cut it out. I have no... It's it's really impossible to know. Like, we, the, obviously... They, they cut everything strategically, so who knows? Right. But it just seemed odd to me that both Patrick and Lena remarked on the fact that Andrew chose Lena because he thought he could beat her, but we never on screen heard Andrew say anything like yeah, that. Yeah, it's, so. it's just so out of nowhere, which bothered me. Like, if, yeah. like, I would still have a problem with it if a running theme was like, oh, Lena's just still here because we know we can beat her. But this is that would be a problem that I would have addressed, like, an episode ago. Like, not... At the last minute, someone's saying, like, oh, they just picked Lena because she's weaker. It's like, mm, that has not been the case at all. Yeah, Le- yeah. one, Lena performed great. Yeah. So it's unfair, I think, for Patrick to just assume that. And Lena and Andrew seemed real close. So it seemed unfair for Lena to assume that in Andrew. But yeah. either way, we don't know what happened yeah. uh, behind the scenes. I just wish maybe they had cut the those comments. Yeah, it's just a weird time to, like, stoke that fire like here at the end when it's like oh no everyone here is worthy of being here clearly mm-hmm. yeah um no it's just yeah rub me the wrong way um the other thing was during the uh rana fight not that i guess like the lack thereof when everyone is cornered so it's ansgar it's creo it's the queen and it's the the remaining four paladins are cornered by six seven ranas like i'm not naturally a very violent person but in my head i'm like dude let's get him let's let's just do it let's let's attack like let's like this is like me and my dungeons and dragons like let's roll for initiative like let's do it like i don't want to run away um and it, it was just kind of one of those moments of like oh they can't actually get into like a real altercation here like i i would have wanted to like video game style just be like all right let's just back to back fight this out and it kind of I understood like what they painted out of like, Oh, the spears are poison tip. And you know, we, you know, we, they're very strong. And, but it was just kind of one of those things where it's like, okay, well this is, this is a show they can't, they can't fight. Like I took it too, as like the queen, like wanted to negotiate. Sure. Cause like queen Ralia is like better than all of us. And like, was like, no, we'll, 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 their leader must be sensible. Yeah. But, uh, I totally agree. Like, yeah, well, it, it if was I was a, on that show, I would I would fucking tackle right, an extra. Right? I, they would have been to re, oh, no, bring it back, reset, reset. We you can't do that. No, come back. You can't just tackle. That's not the, the plot, guys. That's yeah. not. Well, it was the same thing with uh, with Lena in the final battle. It's just like she's got a spear. It's like all right, so she's gonna gut Verlox. Like she's just gonna like <laughs> ram him through, right? That's and of that's course what she I was... doesn't. She just kind of holds it again, holds it above her head and like channels some kind of like magical sun energy. But it's like, is she gonna stab this guy? This guy, like, there's there's people out there with armor where like they were getting bashed with swords, and it's like, oh, that you know, 
they're not sharpened swords, but they're getting hit. But it's like Patrick tackled a dude off a horse. Yeah, yeah and I have that. to imagine that that was not scripted, no, and that Patrick no. killed an extra on yeah, the that, set of this show. That, that guy's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like they, like Money Python, the quest for the Holy Grail. Like extras are dying, and the mm-hmm. police are on their way. That's why we didn't get a season two. Yeah, Patrick. Patrick tackled a man off a horse. They at least had to take off the disclaimer that says no animals were harmed in the filming of this product or something like that. But but yeah, I just I was ready for her to to stab this basically naked man and it never happened because of course uh, I, it didn't because this is a show. <laughs> but I I was thinking so. the exact same thing, so I'll segue right off of that into yeah yeah my you take dislikes. it away. I'm done with my points. <laughs> yeah, that there was a moment where I was like it. She gonna, she's going to stab that guy. Like, I was like, they must have built something into, like, right? his prosthetic, like, like a safe zone where she could, like, stab in the sun spear. But, no, that, cle- like, that clearly, at the end, only looked passably cool because of all that CGI they did afterwards. Like, mm-hmm. she was just standing there, like, pointing the spear at him. And right. I have to wonder if... As she, like as Lena was actually there in real life, did the thought cross her mind? Like, what am I? Am I s- supposed to stab him? Like, they didn't tell. They didn't give me instructions. I'm gonna. I just gotta. Yeah. So again, I don't. I'm not a not a violent person. I think I probably would have stabbed him. I would be in jail right now because I would have killed this actor who's doing been, a very good been job. Too immersed and just been like they must have had a safeguard against this. <laughs> like. <laughs> They prepared for this, um, but yeah, I, like that definitely was was awkward. Like that very last confrontation there was, did they they didn't quite have their logistics all pulled together. And I also well, like when she when she finally starts swinging, I thought it looked good. But there's there's definitely some like awkward pacing in that fight, and mm-hmm. Verloc's not swinging back is an issue. I certainly think that like knowing what Jim has said about the quest and how much work they put into making this immersive experience, I'm sure they did something, like, in the moment to make it, like, as powerful as we saw it here at home. Um, you know, with, with some kind of practical effect or some kind of, like, light or, or something like that. Um, but it, it definitely felt like, is she just standing there? Is she just like, are we done? Did, did we do it? Did we win? <laughs> uh, but... But yeah, so that was not 100% thought out, I feel like. And I, I assume it's because they were trying to keep it fully immersive for Lena. They couldn't give her instructions. Like, they couldn't they couldn't prep a fight routine for her because right. they, they were trying to keep it, like, authentic and in the moment and have her yeah. reaction be real. So they, they could not choreograph that shit. But um, maybe... I don't, I don't know what the alternative would have been. Just saying, yeah. that wasn't perfect. Um, and then also, I noticed, uh, as Andy did, like the the editing for the last episode in particular was kind of awkward. It felt kind of... It felt rushed, and like having, having heard Jim say that they had to do some episode consolidation, I can definitely see it now. I don't know if that biased me towards noticing it, but I definitely noticed that they had that they had cut some shit out to to make the episode fit or to make two episodes fit together or something like that. But yeah, that's 
That's all I got. Other than that, it was still real fun. It was still real fun. It was real good. And I, I right this second, I want to start talking about how real good it was. Andy, what about these two episodes really worked for you? Um, so much. So, so much. We got to see Ansgar, like, the most beat up he's been yet. Like, his one sleeve is ripped up and his face is bleeding. And it's great. Uh, he looks real good. Uh, he also is relegated to the, like, what is typically the badass love interest role. Like, him and Lena obviously aren't, like, romantically involved or anything. But typically in action movies, the hero's girlfriend kind of, like, helps get him to the final boss fight. And then the hero's girlfriend takes out the bad guy's main henchman. Like if you look at any of the Iron Man movies, like Pepper always does that for Tony. Uh, Peggy does that for Captain America. Like it's just kind of like what happens in action movies. And Ansgar leads Lena to the final boss fight and then takes out the vizier. And I just kind of felt like, oh, he's the the badass girlfriend to Lena. And I thought that was cool. Uh, it just kind of like flipped the trope, gender swapped the trope. And I'm, I'm all here for that. Um, I also just like seeing all the paladins again was so great. Like it was so cool having them back. Paladin Jim was there and Bonnie and, uh, Leticia and Andrea. And like just having them all come back was so satisfying we're talking to Paladin Jim, and this is episode four of Vending Vending. <laughs> what was that? We like? had to we had to cut the spoiler out and reinsert it into episode four. But anyway, this we're back. Big dramatic music right after you asked that question. Um, what was coming back from Banishment like? Well, first of all, Banishment sucked. Um, in the narrative, the Fates have claimed the banished Paladins until it is time to use them properly which in our case was for the big climactic battle um, against Verlox and his army. Uh, coming back was great, um, knowing that we still had a role to play meant the world to me because it validated my reason of being there. Like I was still valued and I was needed to be a part of something bigger than myself uh, to, for a noble cause, which is what a paladin is all about. So all the game politics aside, we each kind of had our own moment to shine in the final battle. So we, we had been preparing for it uh, off-site, sword camps, um, blocking for that final battle. That ultimately led to the One True Heroes time with Verlox. I don't know if I answered all of the question. Yeah, and no, that's super cool. Um, did a, you did you feel like you got your moment there? Yeah, whether it was the so in my promotional in the gym centric promotional reel, there is a the moment in which I kick a dude in the chest, um, kind of bursting out of the front doors of the castle and just kicking a dude in the chest, and while the specific moments weren't focused on because it was war it was yeah. it was this very chaotic time where 
as much as we wanted to show individual paladins, uh, it was more of the chaos of war realism. So I am very pleased with how the final battle turned out. Um, I was geeking out so hard. It's, uh, it's wonderful. That they, brought, that they brought you guys back and stuff, and we got to see all of the paladins. Everybody. It was super cool. Everybody that was banished was brought back, and we all fought alongside each other because that's how we came into this world. Everyone, everyone's there. All your friends are back. And they're kicking ass. Like, the extended fight scenes with all of them was really, really good. I know, I think on episode, like, one or two covering the quest, I said the fighting with all the paladins looked kind of, like, weak. And it was a shame that you could obviously see who the weak links were. There were no weak links. They all looked awesome. Like, Bonnie need a dude in the face? (laughs) Like... It was rad as hell, and like, oh man, it was cool. I loved it. It was great. I'm going to keep talking about how awesome it was. Uh, all the monsters looked really, really great. The These three episodes, or these two episodes, were like a smorgasbord of monsters. They the, just put all the monsters in a pot and were like, yeah, effects. The fishmen's mouths and eyes particularly looked really good, and the banshee. One, that challenge was super good. Like, from a mechanical standpoint, great challenge. And then scary as shit. Like, it was awesome. Yeah, I can't say enough good things about these episodes. So I'm going to pass it off. Otherwise, I'll be here all night. Hey, Ronnie. Hey, yeah. uh, Save me from myself. Uh, What did you love about these episodes? Um, a lot. I'll try and get through them pretty quickly because I'm sure it's a lot of whatever what else is talking about. Um, final battle was dope. There was just it was everything was good. Like you could tell that they really worked hard training them and choreography. Like it, it, everyone else looked better than the one true hero because they got the opportunity to go through that choreography. So like little imbalance there, but it it just made for a great looking final product. You could um, go literally like punch by punch and talk about how awesome it was mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. how good that final battle was terrific yeah maybe we'll do a uh, a uh, commentary of the final battle <laughs> yeah. of the quest it'll just be us pausing every two seconds and being like oh shit Bobby this. just needs Look someone in the face here. Patrick tackled a man off a horse <laughs> Patrick killed a guy Patrick <laughs> stabbed him with a trident <laughs> you're wanted for murder Patrick <laughs> lay low for a while um the the um what was it the both the cage um challenge and the banshee challenge made me realize how much play testing these challenges must go through before the paladins get to them like i don't know that there was a challenge in this game where somebody just like either like it was impossible and they, and they took way way too long to finish and like no one else did or like they zipped through it super easy like it, they were all very challenging. They weren't impossible, but they were all very challenging, and it really tested people where they were and where they were in the in the quest. Like that, like of course it did, but like that doesn't just happen. You don't just like make up a game and say, "Great, print it." Like that goes through a lot of testing and a lot of like planning and stuff like that, and then like revamping and editing and changing as you go. And they clearly put a lot of time and effort in there. So kudos to them. Um, I love that there was like a public speaking competition 
there was like the <laughs> the question and answer of the of the beauty pageant that is the quest with the uh, the ranas and and everybody like stepping up and giving their reason why they should you know fight for for everrealm um didn't go anywhere like again it's one of those challenges where it's like oh this doesn't require like brawn this is like people you know showing their personality but nothing happens the only thing that happens is we get revealed that the vizier is evil which hey did anybody else not know that um but i liked i liked it It was like a fun moment um devastating to see you know it's one thing when you know that somebody is getting eliminated in um the hall of the fates when you know they they put in put their piece of the sun spear in the altar they walk out they dissolve um that's hard enough but seeing shondo you know watch andrew run off knowing that he was done and only two people could continue the rest of the quest and then seeing him like infinity war style dissolve was just like equally as heartbreaking as watching spider-man dissolve i don't know probably probably on par um it was just like oh they really hit that nerve and they hit it hard and i appreciated it um and then the last thing i have is that i liked the ranas because it reminded me of my uh hip-hop persona in high school when uh me and a friend put out a put out a rap album uh, i went by the 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 name piranha <laughs> what a great rap name oh yeah my, my rhymes bit like a piranha Ronnie P. Oh wow. I'm learning some things about you right yeah, now, Ronnie. Don't don't look for that album. It's that not is online. almost as good as the hip hop hippopotamus. <laughs> yeah, that's good too. Um but enough about me, please, forever. Uh Evan. Yes, Ronnie. What about these episodes super duper worked for you? Um, I love that we saw character development from so many of the paladins, uh, especially um Andrew. I feel like Andrew, uh, like, personality-wise, I don't really have much in common with that guy. I don't know that, like, we would be friends if we met in high school or something like that. But um, I I mad respect his, like, level of self-reflection that he seemed to go through. He seemed to have a lot of moments where he was like, uh, like, I have this problem where I'm, I'm really impulsive and I, I don't think things through and... At this moment, in this moment, I really, like, stopped and took the time to address my flaws. And then at the end where he was saying how, like, every single one of the paladins that got eliminated had a, a trait that I want to emulate in my own life. And, like, I didn't realize that at first. I just wanted to beat them. But, like, all it's so important. I learned so much. And um, that was just really heartwarming to see. Uh, and I think a lot of the paladins went through experiences similar to that where like they they had some kind of character development throughout the show and it was just it was it was delightful because so often competition shows are about like tearing each other down and like saying how each other's shit so uh that part was great um I had griped earlier in the show about how there were a disproportionate number of physical challenges over like mental and dexterity challenges and i feel like the the last several these two and the two before actually um 
did level the playing field a lot. I think there was a very good balance of like physically difficult things and then like the swamp maze was required a whole lot of like balance and like careful planning and things like that and then there were like puzzle challenges like the the chain thing that we hadn't seen a whole lot of in the beginning which is kind of a shame um but yeah other than that uh, the the way the uh cage escape challenged was so integrated into the plot was really good i felt like that was thus far the most genuinely like we have to physically escape from this thing now to move to the next thing and not just like a contrived like we've got a train so um i really appreciated that challenge and also um all the npcs are at their best in the final episodes i think because they've been in their roles the longest they've been with the paladins the longest and they're really fully immersed in their characters so all the acting is really good uh all of the uh like improv is really solid everybody just did a, such a stellar job yeah creo queen ralia and ansgar knocked it out of the park for sure and uh Absolutely. the vizier the vizier was super oh yeah super the, spooky the vizier doesn't get enough uh appreciation but uh so a plus villainy yeah I, I i said at the beginning that like oh he's he's way too evil he's probably a red herring and like as the viewer i thought that but the more i think about it the more i realize that like they had to send strong enough signals to the paladins in their everyday goings on that this guy was shady you know they had to ha like they wanted the paladins to have a sense of gratification and satisfaction when they called that and i'm sure they had to make it quite a bit more obvious when there's a big room full of people and you can't use the camera angles to focus on the villainy you have to just trust that people are going to notice it when they're sitting 12 seats away from the evil guy so i i respect that choice from a narrative standpoint he was a little over the top evil but given the context of the show and given what they had to do to make it make sense for the paladins in the moment like i'm down with that choice i agree with that but think about how powerful it would have been if we picked up that cloaked rana dude and it was creo and and the and the final battle was like the vizier being like here here here's the sun spear do it now like like, that would have been, like, I would have been very mad that, like, Creo was a bad, bad person. But it would have there's, been, like, There's Whoa. still that tinfoil hat conspiracy uh, that he's the one that rescues the vizier. Mm-hmm. What if it's Ansgar? That would break my heart. Right? That would, be that would wild. break me. Ugh. Do you have anything else, Evan? No, that's it. All right. So, let's just get right to it. Because I know what our answers are. Uh, Evan. Yes, Ronnie. Did it work? The totally. whole shebang. The whole quest. Did it work? Totally did. I would go on that quest again and again. What a good quest. Uh, absolutely. The whole show worked. Very heartwarming show. Great positive show. Fun to watch. Would recommend to a friend. Andy. I'm just going to 
you know, kind of quote Paladin Jim when he said uh, to us in episode one of us covering the quest that uh, we need this probably now more in 2018 than we did back in 2014. And like, shit's tough and the real world kind of sucks, but having a show that reminds you that people are good and kind and brave is a really good show, and I, I very much enjoyed watching this again. So yes, the quest absolutely works as a whole. I would recommend it to a friend, uh, and I would recommend it to someone who I hate. That's how That's good it is. That's the real test wow. of yeah. it's a good show. Hey, Ronnie. Yeah? Episodes 1 through 10, the quest as a whole. All of them? Season 1, does it work? Yeah, it does. I was very skeptical about doing a reality TV show when Evan brought this to my attention. Um, it so not only does it work as a product on its own, like that is not up for debate. It really worked as a show for ending pending to cover. Like it, it, it hits those narrative points that I think sometimes a scripted drama struggles with. Like it, it created these relationships totally on its own without like having to write them in it created you know a lot of um challenges it created a lot of strengths it created a lot of moments that i think that a lot of hollywood script writers would would love to have come up with on their own but this just did it organically um and i and i love this show for that and and i'm it, it's it's bonkers it's bonkers how good this is for how little like, I knew about it. Like, how, how did I not know about this? This was right up my alley. Uh, but yeah, yeah, it, it totally works. If you look at the Quest Army, too, and how engaged and involved people are still with this show, like, if you look at The River or The Dresden Files or any of the other shows we've covered, no one's really still talking about them, I don't think. Even Kings, which was phenomenal. We raved about how great Kings was. No one's talking about Kings anymore, but people are still watching this show and coming to it and taking stuff away from it, which I think speaks a lot to how good it was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So usually at this point of the show, we give our pitch for season two of The Quest, but back during episode one, when we had Paladin Jim on, uh, he had some ideas for season two on his own, and far be it from any of us to try and do a better job than one of the actual paladins. So uh, let's hear from Paladin Jim. The Quest, Season 2. Verlox's vengeance? Revenge? <laughs> um, <laughs> I see the Vizier amassing the Dark Army again. The Vizier is loose in the world. No one knows where he's been. He's been in hiding. We know he has an ally in Sanctum. More than one. Um, the new paladins are summoned to Everrealm to find and stop the vizier who is on the brink of resurrecting Verlox the Darkness. Um, the original paladins are long gone. They are part of the story of Everrealm. They are part of children's history now because such time has passed but the vizier has still managed to stay alive and amass this dark presence i see season two taking place in one of the other 
of the kingdoms. So there are 12 kingdoms in Everrealm. I see it taking place somewhere else. I'm partial to the kingdom of Aura, which is what my sun spear symbol represents, which is the southern seafaring kingdom. You remember I'm the lore master of this show now. (laughs) (laughs) Aura, the southern seafaring kingdom, I see a lot of water-based challenges, a kingdom by the sea. Um, I see um, the new paladins needing help there are just moments that they cannot overcome even when united together so they call on the help of some of the other paladins or the fates even better the fates bring them allies which would be some of the original og paladins i see myself living in everrealm as the librarian of one of the 12 kingdoms it could be aura and I have some knowledge for them that could aid them on their quest hidden in my library. <laughs> I see Paladin Bonnie coming back as a bard of Everrealm, um, giving Paladins the inspiration through song to stay strong in the face of adversity and to overcome obstacles. And I see Shondo, a general of an army, in Everrealm or a Navy and giving them the tools and the encouragement to fight and to win and to get the W, get the dub dub. with with swag, with swag in swag school. Um, Really there are just so many creative directions that they could go. I know producers had a lot of ideas uh, ready to go for season two, um, whether that was more animatronics, more um, ways to present information in magical means to paladins. Um, but I don't think trouble has left Everrealm forever. We leave on a happy note at the end of the season. We see that there is still darkness. And as long as there's darkness, there need to be paladins that can bring the light. Um, so thank you, Paladin and Jim, of course, for being on this show now twice. Technically, you've been on this show twice. So, yeah. so we, we, we appreciate it very that much. Out. We wrung that out for all it was worth. Yeah. <laughs> um, He's great just I- so cool. Yeah. He's a real good dude. What a freaking cool guy. Go to everyone. Go to his library. He's a librarian, so I don't. I don't know. Like, it's not, I can't like toot his like SoundCloud page or anything, but like, go to his library and check out all his books and treat them real good. I haven't watched much of it, but I feel like he is the librarian from that like sci-fi show, The Librarian, where he's like out there fighting monsters and saving the day. Yeah. With oh yes. Books. Oh yes. <laughs> um, I, I I imagine his library being very page master. Anybody a big page master fan? Oh wow, what a throwback. Yeah. I loved that little, movie as a kid. It was a great oh, movie. Oh, it was so good. I imagine him just like being that guy who's like, you can only take out two books and then knowing that he has to take horror too. It's like, okay, you can take all three. Cause he's good because he's a good guy. Good guy, good guy Paladin Jim. Good guy librarian Jim. Anywho, um, that is the end of the quest. No. Um, thank you to the Quest Army. No, thank you to Paladin Jim. Thank you to everyone who worked on on the quest um if anyone wants to talk about the quest from the quest or otherwise love to have you on we'll do an extra bonus episode just talking talking to somebody interviewing somebody from the quest or or otherwise um but 
as we close the book, this beautiful leather-bound tome of the quest, we have a very stinky, musty, moldy, but still very new book to open <sighs> next week in Marvel's Inhumans. How did this book get so musty and gross and bad when it was only like finished? Someone they only finished writing it like six months ago. It's all the drool. Yeah. From Lockjaw, yeah. from the doggo. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> doggy. Uh, so yeah, goodness, be, this is gonna be tough. We're gonna cover. We're gonna. We're gonna. You know, we're gonna do our best, and we're gonna be positive. And there might not be a whole lot to be positive about, but we'll find it. I, um, I, I feel like making Evan and I watch Inhumans during Pride Month is somehow some sort of like homophobic crime. No, but no. Is there I won't a better, put that is, on you. Is there a better gay show that we could be watching right now? I didn't consider that. It's okay. We'll Are we just going to make all the intros very gay to make up for it? <laughs> I guess. Okay. that's that, that, that works. That works for me. Um, we'll be covering uh, Inhumans a little differently than in our past format. We'll only stretch it over three episodes. So we'll do episodes one, two, then episodes three and four, and then the finale will have episodes uh nope i did that i did that bad did i do that bad i yes, have no I idea you just said numbers <laughs> episode one of of uh inhumans will contain episodes one two and three of inhumans uh that didn't make sense either let me take that <laughs> <laughs> the first episode in our inhumans arc will contain the first three episodes of the series the second ep- the second ending pending episode of Indi- inhumans will include episodes four five and six and then we'll wrap up with our third episode episode seven and eight um because it's a shorter series and and let's see how this works if 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 you guys prefer a shorter run and let us know if you don't let us know if you want to hear us talk excruciatingly long about marvel's inhumans yeah um but until then it's gonna be a lot of me sighing yeah um i want to make the push you know what andy I'm letting what? I'm I'm letting you off the chain. Okay. People haven't given us iTunes reviews in so long. Go get them. Hey guys, uh, we would really <laughs> appreciate it if you gave us some iTunes reviews, or if maybe you shared this podcast with a friend. Uh, we have no money. We don't advertise it. So uh, maybe if you only just recently joined us as we covered the quest, we got a lot of new uh, listeners from that. Maybe if you gave us a review on iTunes or told a friend about it, we'd really appreciate it. And if you don't, then, um, I don't know, bad Uh, monkeys will throw bananas at you. (laughs) You are are so tired, Andy. We'll put one of those internet curses on you where it says, like, if you don't repost this, (laughs) the badger will... Get you. We'll put one of those internet curses on you. Oh, we're, yeah. We're going to get you. We're going to put a badger in all of your closets. <laughs> we can't afford advertising because we spent all of our money on badgers. Did we all just... these badgers and then transporting them to your closets. Did we just come up with a mascot for ending pending? It's just like a badger in your closet. Y'all are both like... Hufflepuffs. I don't know why this wasn't already the, the mascot. It is Pride Month. The badger is coming out of the closet. <laughs> Share this goddamn podcast so the gay badger can come out of the closet. I don't know what message we're sending here. <laughs> I don't know what the goal is here. The, Just give us reviews. We're on please, iTunes. Please follow for, us. Do on it for Twitter. Queen Ralia. Do it for Queen Ralia. Do, do it for Queen Ralia. Give us an iTunes review and share this podcast with a friend. 
continue the quest, continue ending pending, give us a review on iTunes, uh, follow us on Twitter at pending pod on Facebook at pending pod. Send us those good, good email communications, pending pod at gmail.com. All right. Thanks so much, everyone. And uh, this is our new sign off. Now we're never doing firefly, but also feed your badgers. I like that. Yeah. Workshopping it.